What's going on, Bronocopia? It's your boy, Jerry, the TR Expert Washington, a.k.a. the Fitness General. Yeah, you know what that moniker means. It means we have a interview. And yeah, I know. I said before the break, I was going to try to break these things up where the interviews go. But you know, it is what it is. We're just going to do it as we do it. <laughs> That's the best way. You know, I don't want to make it more difficult for you to find what I'm doing here. It's already hard enough to find me because I'm only one dude. So yeah. That's what it is. We got a little interview today. We got my guy, Joe Cannon. He is the trainer of trainers. In fact, this gentleman trained me how to train. And we're going to be talking today about you know, a few myths. In the, we're going to talk about some myths in the fitness industry. We're going to talk about you know, my origin story. Just a little short blip, not, nothing too much, because obviously we had that yesterday. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about my origin story, talk about how trainers can be better trainers. And, you know, we're going to just be chatting away about how life is going in this pandemic because it's <laughs> it's tough for fitness professionals out there right now so uh yeah we're gonna be talking about how it's going so without further ado when we just get this episode underway episode number oh geez how am i gonna do this one ah uh, well it's, it's a general fitness company cast <laughs> and this is episode number 32 i believe of the general fitness company cast if not, we're going to call it 32 now because I'm not sure which one we're on anymore. <laughs> so episode number 32 of the General Fitness Company cast. My interview with the trainer of trainers, Joe Cannon. Let go! Dunk. Never seen you clearer than now. We're flying high, floating somewhere up in the clouds. We're going out of ourselves, can you feel it? Almost like I don't know if it's real. Cause when we're doing our thing, we're the wheels that won't stop turning. So take me on a trip, 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 nah, trip, 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 oh, flick. Hey, it's Joe Cannon, and I have the pleasure of interviewing Jerry Washington today. Jerry Washington is a personal trainer located in Ballakinwood, Pennsylvania, and he has some very interesting insights, not only for personal trainers, um, but also for those of us who are thinking about hiring a personal trainer because he does some unique things that I don't think you'll probably see uh, in your, your, your typical big box gym. So without further ado, let me just take it away and let me just uh, say, hey, Jerry, great talking to you. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy day uh, to uh, help me out with my podcast and also help out all the other uh, fitness people who are listening to me right now, which I know there are quite a few of them. So as, as I said, you're, you're in Ballakinwood, you're right near St. Joe's University, and you do uh, boot camps, uh, mostly boot camps, but you're also doing some unique stuff. I follow you on Instagram, as you know, for a while, and you do some things that uh, both in your own studio and outside that I, I haven't seen a lot of other trainers doing. So but before you get started, so you're, I, I see that you're, you're both AAAI, ISMA, and NSCA certified, but you, what, what I was surprised at was that you're also a six-time NCAA uh, track and field All-American, correct? This is, this is true, yes. I, and in fact, I am. I ran track back in a, uh, from, the, well, in high school. And then I, in, in, for NCAA, I ran track from 2000 to 2003. And we ran, I ran the 102 meter, 200 meter dash. And those were pretty much my specialty. We had a couple relay teams that did pretty well. And, you know, I, overall, it was a, it was a, a pretty decent career. I, I didn't win any national championships, unfortunately, but yeah, I always was right there. <laughs> That's really, really cool. And, and was it your background in track and field that led you into a person, being a personal trainer? How, how did that come to be? Yeah, that's actually probably one of the funniest and the most interesting stories because I really, coming out of college, I didn't really think about personal training at all. In fact, I was coming out of college, I wanted to be a psychologist. Uh, I wanted to work with like, yeah, I wanted to be a counselor of sorts. I wanted to work with kids. So that's what actually brought me to Philadelphia is uh, 
I went to school in uh, Gus Davis Dolphins College in Minnesota. And my career counselor directed me to a job that was here in Philadelphia that pretty much matched my interests. And uh, it worked out pretty well at first. And that, uh, you know, just kind of wasn't the thing for me, unfortunately, after a while. It just it was a lot of pressure on me as a, as a young man. It just didn't seem like it was the, the right fit. And uh, it happened, it just so happened that track did kind of play, play a role in it, but in a interesting way. One of the guys that I used to, that I competed against in, uh, in nationals actually lived out here in Philadelphia and I randomly ran into him and, you know, he's telling me, you know, asking me how you're doing, you know, what's, what's going on. And I was telling him, Hey, I'm like kind of looking for a job. And he's like, you know, I'm thinking about personal training. He's like, you might be good at personal training too. You know, you did, you know, you ran track and you like working with people. So I was like, all right, I'll try it out. So that's really how it went down. It wasn't really something that was like, I actively searched the look, searched it out. I just <laughs> kind of ran into it more or less. <laughs> that's really cool. And, and you, you actually, you do have a, you have a bachelor's degree in psychology, correct? Yeah. So my bachelor's degree is in psychology and, Really what brought, what my background, I suppose, in, in, in fitness would be, you know, like track and field, but I don't have any, besides, you know, obviously my certifications, I don't have like your, your typical uh, uh, college degree in uh, kinesiology or anatomy or anything like that, biology. You know, my degree is strictly in psychology and my, my minor was in Spanish, so... <laughs> and you know what, that's actually fun. I've got, a, I actually have a minor in psychology myself. And uh, I, I thought there for a while about uh, getting getting a master's in psychology, and uh, uh, again, it went in a different route. But uh, since uh, since we hope both have that uh, psychology background, you much more than I do. How has your psychology background aided you as a personal trainer, or has it? Oh wow, that's really uh, probably the uh, probably nowadays. I would say probably you know when, when I first started. Uh, back in 2004, maybe 2006, I think was my first 2005, 2006, I think would, we could say my first, first years of personal training. And uh, it was not so much psychology then it was more so, you know, like push, push, <laughs> kind of like the stuff that you tell people not to do, but <laughs> rhabdo and whatnot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's kind of what it was, you know, it was the culture of like, you know, kill yourself culture, more or less, you know, for lack of better words. And uh, you know, that really, that really didn't seem like it meshed well with what I thought would be the right thing for fitness. And, you know, uh, my, I kind of tried to bring that psychology, but, you know, a lot, at that time, not a lot of people were, think, were thinking that way. But I still tried to work that way. And it, it was interesting that I was always doing that. And, you know, the kind of that is the now the seems to be more the philosophy of a lot of trainers. And they're kind of coming around to that now because uh, they're realizing that you can't just push people into into injury. You know, that's essentially what happens. So, I mean, I would say psychology is something that, you know, I didn't use as much when I first started, but it is an integral part of like what I do now in terms of helping people with goal setting, helping people get over humps and challenges and really just kind of getting in people's heads and understanding how they think so I can meet them where they are and help them in the best way I can. I think that's, a, it's, it's really great because, you know, you said you don't have that background in kinesiology and honestly, I don't think you need to as be a personal trainer. It helps. It helps to know some uh, mm -hmm. anatomy physiology, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're able to, as you said, meet them where they are, get inside their head, understand, you know, whether what psychological hurdles they may have to getting into exercise. Your, your psychology background, I think, in that respect is definitely going to help you far more than a, a kinesiology degree that some people put, again, we're both certified by NSCA. And you know, those guys, they like to put a lot of emphasis on, oh, we're the best and we know all this mm -hmm. stuff. I don't, I, again, I, I don't even, I don't, I don't even pay too much attention to NSCA anymore because uh, they, again, they, they like to think that they're, they're these uh, highfalutin people who know everything. And at the end of the day, a lot of it is you just meet people where they are and, you know, you mm -hmm. try to understand them. And again, uh, the biology is great, but uh, you know, if you can't put it into practice and you can't help people at the end of the day, it's really, in my, my opinion, it's, it's irrelevant. So uh, that's why when I saw you had that psychology degree, I thought, boy, that's, I think, I think a lot of personal trainers underestimate the power mm -hmm. of 
of psychology and they put all the emphasis on the biology, which is great to know, but uh, mm -hmm. most people, you know, it's, it comes down to, again, meeting where they are, getting inside their head, understanding what hurdles they have to uh, overcome to, again, walk into a gym. I've, I've, as I'm sure you have, I've met people who are afraid to walk into gyms because they're afraid yeah. to be judged. For uh, sure. Which I'm like, really? But again, you've you've got a whole you've got a whole chain of gin gyms right now that is based on, hey, we don't judge you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true, right? <laughs> that yeah. is very true. You know, they they even say we're not a gym. So, but you you mentioned you you've worked in uh, big box gyms as I had mm -hmm. in the past. Um, what's what's the craziest thing you've ever run into in the big box chain gym world? Uh, that uh, just stuck with you all these years. I know I've seen some things over the years. Um, <laughs> when I, when well, I, I think everybody has their horror stories of, uh, <laughs> of big box gyms, you know, from fatal injuries or whatnot to uh, just ridiculous uh, uh, etiquette and practices or whatnot. But I, I would say, like, you know, the, I would say the culture, the overall culture is the, the kind of the thing that got me about big, big box gyms. It's just I could never get over that because, like I said, I've worked, like I was saying, I, I've worked in both. And the, the culture of a big, big box gym, at least for a personal trainer, is a lot different than it is for like a, a personal training studio or even, you know, just going to someone's house. Obviously, that's a lot different. But like, you know, in respect to the difference between a personal training studio and a big box gym or even like just a smaller gym, you just see that there's a there's not a lot of attention paid to the peop to the the clientele that are there. You know, it's just like it's just like a big box <laughs> you know it's like more or less a place where people have weights you don't see as much of like people that know each other or people like socializing and actually under uh being a part of the gym and I, I don't think it's encouraged in a lot of places i don't think they want their people to be there because they make more money from people not showing up than people actually showing up so yeah, you are right about that. You're definitely right. Uh, but yeah, you, you make a good point. It is very impersonal. Um, I, I've been to gyms over the years, but they don't even acknowledge you when you walk in the door. Sometimes there's not even anybody at the front desk. Um, yeah. It's just ridiculous. So, you know, I, I, I appreciate it when there's a place where, you know, I don't want to say cheers, but everybody knows your name. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, yeah. it's a good thing. It's, it's encouraging to help you. I mean, cause at the end of the day, I mean, like your trainers and fitness professionals like yourself and I, uh, we, we want our people to feel encouraged. We want people to feel like they, it's, it's a home away from home. We want people to feel like it's just something that they do like brushing their teeth or putting on their pants every day. So it's, it, it does, it's a little, disheartening to see that you we have like these type of facilities that just pretty much are like you know treadmill factories more or less well yeah you you nailed it that's what a lot of them are it's a bunch of treadmills in a big room mm -hmm. uh, and, and you eventually made the jump from working in one of these big box gyms to starting your own studio so what was that like what 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 what, what got you thinking about it you wanted to be an entrepreneur wanted to start your own gym and what was that process like well, in between going, uh, going from big box gym to where I am today, I actually was in a smaller gym uh, called Aquatic and Fitness Center. Shout out to them. Uh, it's a really good facility. I actually enjoyed working out there as a, as a trainer. Uh, they have really good management. Uh, they really do a really good job of keeping the place clean. Uh, and they did a really good job of just giving me the confidence to know that I could actually start something on my own, to be honest with you. So, I mean, being there with them and uh, I would say it gave me the best chance of doing what I am now, uh, do, doing what I'm doing now, because I know I, I remember when I was at a big box gym, you know, I would feel out of place, you know, because as I said before, I feel like I, I, I'm trying to, I try to be more of a personal type of trainer and you just see people that's like, you know, trying to run clients in and out, you know, just having a 30 minute session. And if a client comes in and uh, a couple minutes early and wants to do something with the trainer, the trainer's like, Hey, you're, your session hasn't started yet, you know? So, I mean, the difference between that and the smaller gym really kind of made me see that like, hey, there needs to be more facilities that, you know, maybe it's a smaller gym or a personal training studio or whatever, and it might be, there, there needs to be more facilities that facilitate uh, people's, you know, gathering and people, uh, people feeling more in, endeared towards fitness rather than feeling like it's more of a, uh, a have to do more and make it more so of a want to do. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Aquatic and fitness center. I've heard of them actually, because I'm, I'm at, I'm not far from you. I'm outside of Philly myself. Mm -hmm. uh, are they still in business? Yeah. I mean, they're doing what they can. You know, they had the, the one in the Northeast that burnt down. I don't know what they're doing with that one. They have a couple of facilities. Okay. You know, they were like uh, one of those, uh, you know, kind of chains that was local, local chain, so to speak. Yeah. So they had one in, uh, in, in Cherry Hill, one in um, Jenkintown, one in Ballakinwood, which is the biggest facility. And like I said, they had one in the Northeast. And actually they have one now in uh, Feasterville, I believe. So, oh, okay. yes, yeah, so, yeah, they've been doing their thing and, you know, they've been trying to make their, make their way, like, as I said, like a, a kind of a chain of, of, of local gyms or whatnot. And, uh, yeah. you know, they're doing what they can. Like I said, they have really, I have to commend them on the management though. They're honestly, they had some really good managers that really, motivated the trainers to not only be great trainers but also to be just great individuals people that you know could could sell training to people also people get that would maybe not necessarily would sell it to them but just help people out you know you just didn't see that in big gyms you'd have i mean at aquatic you'd have trainers literally go up to people that you know we weren't necessarily gonna train you know people that you know definitely we all knew we'd be like that person's not gonna train but we're gonna help we're gonna help them anyways because you know that's i think that's the right thing to do in general when as a human being as a per as a personal trainer as whatever you want to call it as a, as a label i think it's good to help people yeah i agree and i've only heard good things about them it's been a while since i uh, they've crossed my path. But uh, you know, when you said it, I'm like, I know that place. I may have mm -hmm. even been to that place uh, in passing at some point. But yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's all about being a good person, whether or not they sign up for personal training or not. Uh, mm -hmm. I've done the same thing. You just go out and see if you can help people. At, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a business about being in service to others. And that's, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's no higher calling in my opinion. Um, but you, you have your own personal training studio and you do an awful lot with the TRX. You're, you're kind of like the TRX guru on Instagram. Uh, the, the correct monarch moniker would be TR expert. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, like I actually bought the rights for that. So, I mean, uh, I, I have the website trexpert.com and the trexpert.com and the trexperts.com. So every version of TR expert, I pretty much got that on on the docket. So yeah, that would be me. <laughs> very, very you, wise. <laughs> you know, I, I love TRX though. You know, I think that, so like to kind of harken back to my, my history as a personal trainer. So uh, I started off with a company called Platoon. And I'm, uh, you might have, you might be familiar with them, may or not be familiar with them, but they pretty much were specializing in outdoor fitness training and boot camps. Yep. And, uh, you know, they, they also did personal training and stuff like that. But that's kind of where I cut my teeth as a personal trainer. And that's actually where I got my triple A, uh, my, uh, my certification. <laughs> my, you, you know what? You, you may have been certified by me because I, have, I, I know that place. I've done a couple certifications at Platoon. Mm -hmm. I, I, know, I know the owner, Todd Scott. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that you yeah that you actually are responsible for my certification, sir. So thank you for that. Worlds <laughs> colliding. I didn't realize that till just now. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very possible that you uh, you actually I think you might have ran the one at Temple, but um, maybe I forget. I know someone else does the ones at Temple, but uh, I've been to Platoon in in uh, Bryn Mawr. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been there a few times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's very possible. I, I'm pretty sure that we've met we've met and so. Uh, uh, random occasions but yeah so uh, that's where I that's where I started and that's pretty much why you know harnessed my my training skills was in you know boot camp style functional style plyometric or not plyometric what's the word I'm looking for uh calisthenic calisthenic is the word I'm looking for so yeah and that type of training I don't know if you're familiar with how the TRX was the TRX was was, was made by uh created by a Navy SEAL so <laughs> they're used so that's kind of like it, it's synonymous essentially it's like the boot camp training and the trx training they were you know it's kind of the from the same same from the same training tree so to speak so i like trx training because it's good the pretty much it's uh, it's where i grew up on more or less when in terms of uh, how you how did uh method oh. uh method methodology of training yeah and it's so versatile i mean gee whiz mm -hmm. you put it in your house you can do a thousand different exercises with it uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, what I, what I've seen, you, you do things I've seen on Instagram, but I haven't seen anybody else doing with, uh, with TRX, which is very, very cool. So, uh, mm -hmm. I'll definitely link to your Instagram account, uh, for people can check out, see some of the stuff you're doing, but you have your own studio now. And so yeah. 
you're you're working with people one on one and also doing boot camps, uh, group training. I'm guessing is correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, and that, and go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to say, like, group training is not necessarily inside of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We don't do that really in in the in the indoors yet. Yeah, I, I was I was leading me to my next question. So we're living in this new world of, uh, and I hate even to use the word COVID because actually I've said in the past that I've swore I wasn't going to use the word because uh, I think a lot of people, I, I, for, for me, I go to podcasts to escape reality sometimes. So, you know, I, I don't even want to hear it because every time you turn on the news, you see that you hear about the C word. But, uh, <laughs> I try not to use it as much and I'll try not to this time as well, but in this world of the C word, which has <laughs> impacted the fitness industry incredibly. I mean, it has beat the fitness industry down uh, ridiculously. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how has it hurt your business? Has it hurt your business? Um, how has it impacted what you do and you know, what you're doing now? Because um, it, is, it is a different time. We've never seen anything like this in our lifetime. Hopefully, we never see anything like this ever again. <laughs> and if we do, we'll be better prepared for, than we were for this gut punch. But um, what, how has it impacted what you do? As a, as a solopreneur, as you, as you are right now, you're an Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I am, right? A solopreneur. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's funny. And I almost, I almost feel guilty. I almost hate saying it now because uh, people ask me all the time, like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm actually doing really great. And then I get a, uh, if it's a text message, sometimes it's kind of a, like a, 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 a sad face emoji or a, a straight face emoji. Or if it's in real life and somebody is like, oh, okay. You know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think some people are just like, oh, they're hoping like, in a way, like, uh, I hope you're doing as terrible as I am. <laughs> like, like, you know, I, hey, you know, I've been doing terrible for, for about 12 to 13 years. I deserve to have a good year. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I deserve that. So look, so the thing is that because I, I the reason why I'm doing so well is because I am a solopreneur. So it's only me in here as, in terms of training. And because of the fact that it's only me in here, I have the flexibility to have, you know, whoever I want in here. I have the, I keep the doors open. I bought a couple extra air filters, you know, so yeah. (laughs) And they're like the, what do they call those, the ones with the, um, the blue light. What is that blue light? Ultra, ultraviolet light. Yeah. 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 So I got a couple ultraviolet filters here, man, like two of them. And, uh, you know, keep those things running uh, at night. You know, obviously during the day, I heard that UV light is not good for you if you have it in, uh, high doses. So I try to keep it off during the day. But yeah, man, I try to keep it clean that way. And then, you know, when uh, uh, we go, I have a, a a parking lot in the back. So I mean, it's just, it's lucky because not every facility has something like this, but we have a parking lot in the back. So I utilize that. And we have like some bars that we can use. So we do pull ups on the bar. I mean, it's like we have a, almost a gym in the back. But uh, the, the main thing that I'm really, really most proud of is uh, our boot camps that we have on the Kenwood Heritage Trail. You know, like I said, that's kind of where I cut my teeth was in uh, learning how to teach boot camps. And we do that on the Kennewood Heritage Trail. And where we are is like it literally links up with the, uh, what is that called? West Laurel Hill Cemetery. So we can go in and out of the cemetery and we can be on the trail and we pretty much stay away from people. So it's really, I mean, what this pandemic has really favored those that uh, are creative, those that can kind of, you know, that, that are more or less the, the, uh, the, one of the wartime generals, you know, those people that can make decisions when everything is falling apart around them. I've seen a few people that I didn't, I wasn't sure about that are doing really good for themselves because they can, they, they're, they may not be the greatest in, in peacetime. They may not be able to put things together all the time, but when it comes to, uh, you know, making changes and calling audibles and stuff like that, I know I have a few friends that are just the, the best at it. And, you know, luckily I, I, I have a little bit of that myself and I've been doing pretty good. Yeah, I've had more people call me than I've ever had before. <laughs> That's incredible. That is really good. And you do it all yourself. You don't have any employees, correct? None. I have, I do all all my all my marketing, all my posts, every every single word that you see out every is 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 mine. You know, went from marketing to uh, training to you know counseling, whatever it is you want to say how I'm helping people. It's all me. I've I definitely. Would love to have some employees. Don't get me wrong, because I would love to get some sleep. <laughs> but I just haven't found the right pe- the right fit for, with people so far. You know, it's just like uh, 
it's just not a, not the right fit so far yet. And, and you know, it's just, it's a, it's a small business. So a lot of people just don't, it's a small business. It's we're pretty much just getting started. So a lot of people just don't know what to expect from me. And because they don't know that they, they just don't know, uh, well, we don't know who's going to come into the door yet. You know, like once you get a little, I think, once you start to get a, like a little personality, a little bit of a brand, people recognize who you are, what you do, and uh, essentially what makes your company what it is, you start to see the right people start to walk in there. But I think, you know, at least this is my philosophy. I'm not saying that it's the right or wrong, but I think for me, it's, it's best to just, ha you know, establish your personality, establish your brand for what you are, and then the right people will come your way. I mean, that's work kind of me. That's kind of worked for me in terms of personal training. So I'm, I'm going to take the same philosophy and apply it to my business. It's a good idea. Uh, what, what do you look for in a personal trainer who's looking for a job? If somebody walks in and say, Hey, I'm looking to be a personal trainer. I want to work for you. You know, what, uh, what are you looking for in that, uh, in that model employee? Well, <laughs> a model employee, somebody that's willing to train everybody and work for free would be great. <laughs> 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 that would be the perfect your model employee absolutely train everybody and give me all the money <laughs> no honestly though that would be great but um no a model employee honestly for me would be someone that's willing that's willing and open to learn because that's the first part a lot of times you, you see with you know trainers that even have you know maybe just as little as two to three years experience they feel, feel like they've learned everything in their certification whether it's you know uh, through ISA or, you know, uh, or um, NS NSCA or ACE or wherever they got their certification. You see sometimes, uh, or more times than I'd like, people that just feel like they've learned everything in their certification, they're not open to uh, learning anymore. Uh, two, I, they got to have some kind of work ethic. You know, I see a lot of personal trainers that want to come in and work, you know, maybe four or five hours and then call it a day. You know, at four or five hours, I, I get it. I get it. Maybe that's, that's for you, but I need somebody... At least for me, I need somebody that's going to be dedicated to being being in here to grow, help grow their their business. Not necessarily my business, but help their, grow their business. So I can say, look at this awesome trainer. This awesome trainer just so happens to work for us mm. or with us. So like that's that's what I'm looking for. I'm not I'm really not looking for someone to just kind of fill in slots and train people here and there because, uh, like I said before, I'm trying to look to create a brand here and you know that's the quickest way to just have another have yourself another box gym you know just have a bunch of people training in there yeah. so and i think i think employee was probably the wrong word maybe you're looking for associates uh, more than employees <laughs> <laughs> that could be it man i don't know i didn't even know what we could call it. i don't know what the title would be but i'm just looking for someone if, if we were to say that we we're looking for someone tomorrow we'd be looking for someone that is you know, open, open to learn, you know, not necessarily, and I'm not saying I know everything. I'm not even saying that I'm going to teach them everything, but I'm just saying someone that's open to learning in general, someone that could look up something and say, Hey, Jerry, you know, I learned this, blah, 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 blah. Let's look at this together, you know, or, you know, not, and again, someone that would have more of a work ethic than maybe, you know, a couple hours here and there, uh, because like I said, it's just, if you, I think any kind of business, and even when I like, again, to go back to aquatic, I think they had a certain personality and you saw a certain type of people that came in there and you would see you know you would see people that would take the tour and you would know like that's not that person's not going to work out here mm -hmm. or that person's perfect for here because you know the per you know the vibe you know the the character of the place you are you know so and that's kind of what i'm trying to do here and I, I just think that it's it's really important and it can't be stressed enough no, I agree. You, you, it's funny, you're in a totally different industry than a buddy of mine, and you pretty much mirrored everything he said about the people he's looking for as employees for his business. <laughs> uh, it, Maybe yeah, that's just the perfect employee in general, right? <laughs> yeah. Everybody's looking for that same basic, you know, same character, quality of person who's going to represent mm -hmm. you and help you build your brand. And so, yeah, um, I thought that was important that you had said that. Because again, for people who are in the fitness industry and are listening to us right now and are trying to gain some knowledge on how they can become successful, uh, I wanted to give, the, you know, at least give them some inklings of what entrepreneurs are looking for in terms of uh, mm -hmm. people who represent their business. Um, it, since we're living in this crazy world now with the pandemic, uh, is there something that you learned during the pandemic you think other fitness trainers should be aware of? Something that Oh, absolutely. There's a, quite a few things I've learned. One thing I've learned, though, I think is very, very important for a lot of people is that, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, the flexibility of being online is, is, is it's, it's under, 
underappreciated. And I think it's just something that a lot of people are going to start looking towards, you know, I mean, because you're going to be only so many people that are going to be able to get into these, uh, these smaller training studios, you know, and there's going to be only so many people that are going to want to go to the big box gyms and eventually the big box gyms will probably, you know, some of them will close down because they won't get enough people. So, I mean, online, online training, that's something that I've, I've started to dip my toe into. And um, it's not easy, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, online training is probably the hardest thing that I've done so far. And it's not the, it's not the online, like, uh, you know, in-person thing, or I mean, excuse me, the online, you know, doing the video kind of Zoom training, that's not the hardest part. It's actually trying to keep up with them, make sure that they're, you know, working out, creating a game plan or AKA a, uh, what do we call that? Ah, man, <laughs> I can't remember what we call those. Where you create a little workout schedule. What do we call those again? Yeah, like a schedule, a workout program. Uh... Yeah, programming. That's it. That's it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so programming is not as – I mean, that's just not my thing. I've never really been like a programming kind of guy. I think that if I had maybe more of a background in kinesiology and stuff like that, I'd probably be more – I'd be more apt to do that. But for me, that's like probably the hardest part is like creating those prog those programs and trying to make sure that they, they're a interesting for them because you no, know, it's hard to just read something and work out. It's easy to just go to your trainer who's fun and entertaining and, and knows his stuff and just do what he says. It's a whole different story when he writes it out and you have to follow up and do it. And then you got to get a report back on how it was. It's, it's, it's a whole different animal. So uh, the flexibility is definitely something I would say it's, it's, it's good, but it's definitely something that we all have to, we all have to find our, our way in because I think there's a lot to, a lot that can happen from it. There's a lot of potential in, in this online training space, you know? Uh, I mean, the fact that you could be like in South Africa or something like that and you could be training somebody, it would be great, you know? Like you'd be on vacation and still training somebody and they wouldn't care, you know? Yep. So uh, I think that's like a, a really important thing to kind of start looking into for a lot of trainers. Just if you can't, you know, obviously, like like I said, a lot of big box gym, big box gyms are kind of shutting down. Uh, it's it's getting starting to lose opportunities in the uh, personal training spaces. So there's a lot of space on the internet. You know, there's a lot of opportunities, and I think that's the the, the move for a lot of people. If you can't get into a gym right now, take what you know in terms of your 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 fitness knowledge, and you know everybody knows how to use the uh, the social media <laughs> nowadays. So just go about that and uh, go go that route and try to see what you can do. For the people listening to us now who are thinking about hiring a virtual personal trainer, um, do you have any advice on what questions they should ask that personal trainer before they uh, pay, them, pay them and uh, start doing their uh, workouts? What do, you, what do you think they should do? Should they just hire the, you know, the person with uh, 800,000 followers on Instagram? And, you know? <laughs> That's a tough one. You know, I mean, I... I that that is that's probably a one I don't have an answer to because you know I think it's it's really hard to find a good personal trainer in general you know it's just really hard to find a good personal trainer in general and then like on top of that now you have like the internet so you have like a million trainers <laughs> so and then like yeah like you said there's like people that have like eight hundred thousand followers so you just assume that they're good trainers but. You know, I mean, I can't really think of what would be a good question to ask a, a trainer besides, you know, maybe how many years experience that they might have in training people personally, individually, maybe <laughs> what their what their goals were as a personal trainer. That might be good because some people you can find out a lot about a personal trainer just by learning what their goals are. I know I've heard asked personal trainers, you know, as a personal trainer, like, hey, what are your goals? And you know, a lot of them, do, not a lot of them, but some of them have said, yeah, I just want to make a lot of money, man. I heard you make a lot of money. You don't have to work a lot. <laughs> like, whoa, exactly. okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. You know, to add, add to that, because I, I wonder about the whole online thing too. So many personal trainers are moving into the virtual thing and they think, oh, it's a, it's like shooting fish in a barrel and all I got to do is, you know, you know, look good on camera and I can make a million dollars doing this stuff. Some questions I would ask them, number one, I would find out their name, obviously, if they're giving you some weird Instagram name or whatever. I want to know their oh, real yeah. name. I want to Google that name. I want to see what the heck pops up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm again, it's, you just never know what's going to pop up when you in a simple little Google search. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I might ask them who they're certified by and I might look into that a little bit more in depthly. Um, I'd ask them again, I think as you, you had said, what's your philosophy of training? Can you mm -hmm. give me any, uh, 
you know, can you give me any testimonials from former clients? And I'd also Google the names of those former clients, make sure they're not writing, writing stuff themselves. Um, you know, I might also ask them for their, uh, again, a simple biography or, or a CV. Tell me about yourself. You know, because mm-hmm. you're paying somebody like, you know, sometimes, yeah. sometimes these virtual things are not any cheaper than, than uh, being there in person. So you're paying them like, you know, 65, 70 bucks, you know, for, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes. And again, half an hour. I knew somebody who was charging like a hundred dollars per half an hour training. What? Session. Yeah. And, was this in, was this in Philly? And that's actually not far from where you are. And what? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I need to get on that. <laughs> Hold on, Blair. <laughs> I was like, you're char- this person is charging more than me. <laughs> yeah, right? What the hell? I need to get on that. Half an hour for 100 bucks? Half an hour, hundred bucks, and getting it. But you know, it's it's kind of an affluent area down, you know, down where you're at. But that was yeah, like, sure. Wow. Well, that, that, it's what's by me, so I need to be man, maybe reconsidering my pricing. <laughs> You're not kidding. You're not kidding. Um, yeah, so just be careful with the Instagram people, and uh, you know, I mean, there are some good Instagram trainers out there, I'm sure, but uh, yeah, there are people out there who just. Uh, you know, they, they want to, you know, see if they got 800,000, say 800,000 followers. Another thing I would say is look at, don't, don't look at the followers, look at the engagement. Uh, mm, of, yeah, of, that's true. You know, mm-hmm. and again, this actually was a conversation I had not too long ago with somebody else. And they're like, well, you know, look at this person because they signed up for some, you know, uh, virtual training course where you can make a lot of money. And she was like, well, look at this person. He's got like 3 million followers on Instagram. And mm-hmm. I was like, he's got no engagement. Mm-hmm. You, you have 3 million followers, but if you have no engagement, that means those followers are fake. They're fake. Exactly. Yeah, yep, exactly. Correct. Because I'm sure you get the same Instagram and, and Facebook emails I do. Hey, grow your, fo- your, grow your mm-hmm. following. We'll get you followers for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm thinking like maybe, but I haven't done it yet. Thank God. Yeah. I haven't done it yet. I thought, I thought like I've almost pushed the pull the trigger a couple of times. I'm like, nah, I'd rather keep it all real, all yeah. real and see where we go yeah. from there. Keep it real. I don't don't pay anybody for followers because Yeah, right. <laughs> in the world, but if nobody's commenting on your stuff, I mean they're, they're Yeah, exactly. And imagine that's like a, imagine like if that happened in the, well, I guess that does kinda of happen in the real world. <laughs> some people do pay for friends, right? Yeah, you be my friend. I'll pay you some money. <laughs> yeah, you know, you get them all the time. It's like, oh, you, you, you friend me. I'll friend you. Get the heck out of you. I don't know who you are. And then yeah, you get the exactly. people who just email you, "Hi, how are you doing?" And it's like, you know, one, one girl, and it's you know, at least in my case, it's like one girl, and it's got like revealing pictures, and I'm like, no, 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 no. No, I'm not gonna be your friend. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 game over. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, I know that feeling. I know that. Yeah, you're right, though. I mean, it's just like, it is, you're right, you're right, though. On Instagram and social media, you have a lot of fake people out there, 800,000 followers, you know, a million, two million followers, no engagement. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. And you have a lot of people that are just even just showing videos of how to work out. And you're looking at these videos like that is not the right way to do a squat. Yep. You know, or, <laughs> or, you know, they, they might be doing something that you're like, whoa, their hands are way too far in front of their face to be doing a push up. Yep. So, yeah, you know, so you see some of that stuff. And I, you know, I just really, I, I've tried my hardest to try to figure out how to vet those people for my clients, you know, or just for potential clients. And I just don't know like the right way other, other than like what you said, I think that's probably the best way is just like, look at their name. But I mean, it's a wild, wild west out there when it comes to the internet for right now. So a lot of people just can make a name for themselves. And I mean, sometimes you might end up investing in a trainer realizing he's terrible and that's just going to be how it goes down sometimes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and you just, yeah. you know, you, you find out he's terrible and you just don't train with him or her. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> it's the wild, wild west right now. And, uh, you know, we'll have to see what happens when the dust settles, like everything in the crazy pandemic. Exactly. That's really what, and, and that's, and that's really my whole philosophy, Joe. I mean, that's kind of why I looked at how I came into the training and how I, you know, came into just working, working as this, as an entrepreneur, you know, like there's a lot, there's a lot of people. There's a, like, I was, like you were saying, there's a gym, LA fitness is right down the street from me. Lifetime fitness is not too far from me. They have a orange theory. They have a, you know, a couple mm-hmm. other small studios. There's a lot of, lot of, lot of uh, fitness places around me. Yep. And, you know, the way I see it is like, everybody has the same thing to offer, but the only thing that differentiates myself from them is the fact that I have, this personality that I am who I am. I'm Jerry Washington and nobody else is. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no no doubt about it. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but you know, if you're Mr. Spock, um, you're not going to get a lot of, uh, a lot of clients. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> That's not logical to do the push-up that way. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> that push-up? <laughs> exactly, right? It yeah, might be yeah. fun for the first one or two sessions, but after a while, you're like, all right, you got some personality, bro? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's like, crack a joke or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. In, in, in terms of technology, you know, we're, we're all learning new things. Is there anything new that you learned uh, technology-wise during the pandemic? that you did not know or would not have learned uh, if this did not happen? I learned how to use a Fitbit, man. I did, I, you know what? Like uh, beforehand, I wasn't really tracking my progress. I was just kind of doing my thing. And, you know, with the quarantine 15, I was kind of chilling myself, you know? I was like yeah. kind of hanging out, relaxing. And I was like, yo, this is, this is not going well. So I ended up, you know, getting like, I ended up first getting a little a watch from China. Yeah. China. <laughs> i know i get you yeah yeah it was like it was like 40 bucks and the thing you know fell apart a couple of weeks yeah. later so i was kind of sad about that but i was like you know let me go and get like a real thing because i was i was sad that it fell apart so i was like you know i took that and i was like okay i'm sad that it fell apart so it must mean that i actually was enjoying having this fitbit having this you know this tracking so i got a fitbit and i realized that you know there's a a lot of stuff out there that I haven't been checking, you know, like <laughs> not looking at my foods and not looking at my rest. And I think that's probably probably another thing that like I realized that there's so many different things, so many just different technologies that we can like track, you know, so many ways we can track what we're doing nowadays is really if you really want to get in shape, whether it's with a trainer or on your own, you really don't have an excuse anymore because there's like you can have pretty much everything tracked you know from your or you can or or you can track everything you know i mean whether whether it's be your food your calories your oxygen uptake now like your blood pressure they have this everything is like on fitbits and these apple watches nowadays so i mean like that that's that's what i've learned it's essentially i i mean i was always like this nature kind of caveman boot camp <laughs> you know you kind of you get where i where my personality is more, more or less but uh when I saw the Fitbit, I was like, oh, maybe there's like something to this, this tracking thing, you know, maybe there's a, there's some way I can help my clients a little bit better by, you know, helping them, you know, understand what's going on in their Fitbit. Maybe I've been thinking about having like a little contest where I can give away Fitbit so I can help out my clients a little bit more, but nice. yeah, we'll see how that goes down, man. I mean, I, I, thought, but that, I think that's the most important thing, even though it's like not necessarily technology, Right. so to speak it's definitely something that we can get from technology you know it's like it's it's at, it's at the it's in the palm of our hand it's at our fingertips now and there's really no reason now in the in 2020 in this day and age that we if you if you want to you know if you want to be something else you can be something else but if you want to be in shape and if you want to be healthy you want to be fit there's really no way that you can't do it now very cool. Very cool. Um, along those lines of staying fit and healthy, there's a lot of misinformation out there. People don't know what to believe. Is there one or more health and fitness myths that you think people should know about that maybe they don't? Oh, man. Health and fitness myths, man. There's a lot. I like to talk about myths in my podcast, and I haven't done one for a couple of weeks, and I thought maybe you can help me fulfill that one. This yeah. Week. <laughs> you know what? One's, one is interesting. Uh, I've heard some people tell me this. I'm not sure if it's like a, a general myth that everybody knows, but so, somebody told me uh, a couple, what, yeah, one person, I think it might've been more, I was thinking it might've been one, more than one person, but it might've been the same person told me multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> but they said that uh, they heard it's bad, bad to walk around in bare feet if you have bad feet. And I was like, I don't know if that's the case. I think you need to be walking around in bare feet as much as you can so you can strengthen your feet unless you already have some kind of situation and you maybe it might need to rock out some orthotics, but if you're trying to get your, your balance and your strength as, as strong as possible or as, as you know, capable and efficient as effective as possible, that's the right word, effective, you probably want to walk around in bare feet so you can get your feet as strong as possible. A lot of times people think that you should baby something. And, you know, so in certain cases, if you've, if you've blown something out, you probably should baby it a little bit. But, you know, if you're just trying to live your life, you should do your best to make everything as strong as you can. That makes sense. Yeah, I never heard that they said don't walk around in bare feet if your feet are hurting. I mean, uh, I don't know if it's a myth or not, but it would make sense that, uh, you know, if, if you walk around bare feet, your feet will adapt to the environment. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, there used to be some TV show on the History Channel. Where they had these two guys going out and surviving in the woods. One of these mm -hmm. guys walked around in bare feet. They'd be in the snow and mm -hmm. 
spy was in bare feet in like, like Alaska. I'm like, that's gangster. That's taking things to extreme, but I would. <laughs> you ain't lying. It's <laughs> like, oh, but it increases my mitochondria in my feet. That was actually the excuse. I'm like, okay, but I still wear <laughs> shoes in Alaska. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, bro, I don't know if it's worth it for the mitochondria. There's other ways you could probably get that mitochondria in there, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I definitely agree with you on that one. Hey, what's uh, what's one thing about the business of personal training you wish personal trainers knew? Switching gears on you a little bit. Uh, kind of go back to what uh, what we were kind of open with, you know, just, I think I wish that more personal trainers knew how personal training is, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like I see so many personal trainers see it as like, you know, maybe they have a, and, and I guess that's kind of why I struggle with the, these, this programming because mm -hmm. you put something together and you think that it could, you could use it for every single one of your clients, you know? Mm -hmm. And maybe you could use it for every single one of your clients, but it's not going to be really effective for Joe, as, as effective for Joe as it would be for Mary. And, you know, and it's kind of how it works. And sometimes you just really have to, I mean, that's, that's just the physical part. But that's also, you know, again, the, the mental part is, is you really have to know your client. You have to know, get to know them as much as possible. It's almost like you, like you were saying, cheers, but you want to be, almost be pretty damn close to their friend you know someone they can really trust someone they can tell anything to and look this is personal training these people want these people see me as family you know they have they have me over their house to eat i mean i don't know how many passover dinners i've been to i've never even i'm not, I'm not even jewish i've been to like six seders man wow. so <laughs> you know i can't i've been to some bar mitzvahs you know what i'm saying so the thing is that the point is that you know when you're in this when you're in this field or when you're in a service field in general, you want to do the best you can to make those people feel as comfortable as they can with you. Because at the end of the day, you are like their go-to person. You want, you want to be their go-to person. You don't want to be, I mean, I see some trainers sometimes that are just like, you know, ah, oh, so-and-so is calling me up or so-and-so wants X, Y, and Z for me. And, you know, sometimes that, that can be annoying and maybe you might want to drop those clients that are always <laughs> texting and calling you. But, I mean, for the most part, you, you want to be that person that, like, if somebody has a question and it, when it pertains to fitness or maybe even if it doesn't pertain to fitness, you want to be that person that they go to first or at least second you know, with, with some advice in terms of like what they can do to make to improve their life, whether it be physically, emotionally, spiritually, or just, you know, in general. Wow. Really good words. That's really good words. Um, how can people connect with you, Jerry, if they want to learn more and uh, hear more of your laugh? And uh... <laughs> Oh, man, there's a lot of places to get me. I'm on Instagram at Fit General, uh, Fit General Jerry. I'm on uh uh, Twitter as uh, General Fit Pro. Uh, <laughs> I'm on. Uh, I don't spend much time on LinkedIn. I have a, I have a podcast. It's a General Fitness Company Cast. I've been trying to figure out what I'm going to do because I called the TR Expert Talks on every episode, but it's officially called General Fitness Company Cast. Yeah. So uh, it, it was started originally because I wanted to do interviews, and that was like going to be all interviews on General Fitness Company Cast, and then TR Expert Talks was going to be a completely different podcast that I was going to, and it just didn't end up being that way so look up general fitness company cast if anywhere you listen to podcasts and you'll find us there uh and uh facebook the uh, jerry washington or i think if you if you actually look up you know because you can actually look up a specific person's name uh, like a specific profile i didn't know this by the way that you can actually look up specific profiles not like in the search engine but you know when you go to facebook.com you can go yep. facebook.com backslash and you can go to the person's actual profile name you know because it's, it's different it's not necessarily the same so yeah. mine is facebook.com backslash the real jerry washington nice <laughs> i know i know that's why i put that's why i had to put that out there you're like why are you telling me all this because the real jerry washington <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> I have you know I, that it's funny you say that. I do that on Skype. I'm the real Joe Cannon on Skype. <laughs> there you go. See, you feel me. Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> hey, like, yeah, the real. Everybody else is somebody else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Oh, real deal. Uh, Jared, this has been a, this has been a great interview. I really appreciate you spending time with us. I uh, this is going to definitely get as the probably the most entertaining interview I've done uh, all year. So uh, oh, great, man! <laughs> yeah. No, I really want to thank you for it. It's been 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 great. I know people took a lot of a lot from this. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I can't thank you enough. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Hey, hey, I really do. I really do appreciate your, your interviewing, man. It's been a while since I did one of these. So uh, it feels feels pretty good to share my knowledge and uh, with, with somebody else other than on my own podcast. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon, Joe. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, that was, uh, it was surreal listening back to that interview. You know, it's just like, <laughs> man, like, Joe Cannon is a trainer of trainers. He actually trained me on how to be a trainer. And I'm listening back to this and I'm, it's just almost surreal because he taught me how to be a personal trainer. And now we're talking about how I'm a personal trainer as an entrepreneur with his own fitness studio, you know? So it's, it's, it's just wild. It's really surreal to think about this. But listen, I'm not trying to brag or not. I mean, I feel good about it. But listen, this is really the moral of the story here. What's, what, the, the lesson from this is that, you know, I'm just a regular dude. You know, I'm not anything special. Uh, I mean, I have a good work ethic, but it's not anything that's out of the ordinary, you know. And to think that at the time when I first started training, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to be a personal trainer. I had no idea that being an entrepreneur was actually even in the cards. So when I saw the opportunity to actually become an entrepreneur, to be someone that runs his own business, uh, I jumped at the chance. Now, <laughs> it didn't happen right away. It started, if you heard an interview, it happened, started 10 years ago. And we really just started going officially three years ago. So, I mean, <laughs> it brings up the point, a lot of people have asked me, you know, whether it's in personal training or in life, like, when is the time, proper time? When is the right time to give up on your dreams? When is the right time to give up? And I think about that, you know, and the answer to that is simple. The right time to give up is when you're thinking it's the right time to give up. So when you're thinking of giving up, that's the right time to give up. You know, I mean, that's really it. <laughs> you know, there's no better answer to that question than that because you never know what might happen. You might be one day away from living your dreams. You might be one day away for the rest of your life from living your dreams. You never know. But the way I see this is that <laughs> you can go through life living safely and maybe being happy with the fact that, you know, you're making decent amount of money and you're living a somewhat happy life. But if you have in the back of your mind any regrets from any decisions that you've made or haven't made in your life, then you haven't made the right decisions. And that's it. At least in my opinion, that's me. You know, if like if you're not living your dreams and what are you doing? Some people, safety is the most important thing. So <laughs> I shrug at that. You know, if it is what it, it is, what it is to each their own, everybody has, finds their happiness in their own way. But if you find in your life that you may be lacking in something, look at your dreams first. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. I really would appreciate if you would share this, you know, subscribe if you haven't already. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave a rating or review wherever you're currently listening to this. Also, check out my guy, Joe Cannon's podcast. You can just look it up, Joe Cannon Podcast. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Uh, and that's it. That's all I got for you. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, keep good company.